This podcast is a co-production between Blackbox Theater and Dansens Hus because the project we are talking about will be presented at both Blackbox Theater and Dansens Hus and you're listening to Elin Grinaker from Blackbox Theater and I am Jonas Øren from Dansens Hus. Yes. How to a score is a work built up by several standalone solos created by six prominent dance artists from six different countries. At Blackbox Theater, we will meet Mia Habib from Norway, Julie Nioche from France, and Tommy Noonan from the US. At Dansens Hus, we will meet Tommy Hector Manekela from South Africa, Thais Di Marco from Brazil, and Felice Sanli from Turkey. And their solos are all based on a performance score, developed by Mia Habib in collaboration with Jana Camilla Lyster, and a thought based on a choreographic community. And what does that mean? Well... It means that they have worked with local communities in their respective countries and thereafter developed their solo. So the score is based on Habib's previous work, How to Die in Opinia. This is an investigation on ecological grief, cultural panic and a feeling of collapse. Mia Habib, she is an Oslo-based dancer and choreographer. Mia has presented her works on numerous stages and festivals around the world, and her work centers around the meeting between people with different experiences. Mia's own solo in How to a Score is called I Öving i Demon. And over two periods in 2021 and 2022, Mia worked with the score with young people from the construction studies at Groru and other young people from Gamle Oslo. The solo, I Öving i Demon, opens up for some of the questions, stories and practices that came up in these meetings. And here we can listen to Mia explain how she worked in the process of making the solo. So in Norwegian we don't have the word community or something that covers maybe the English uh, meaning of community. Uh, what is a community for you and uh, what does does that word mean to you? It's a word that I think I use and maybe many of us use in stage art a lot. And still, in a way, I can't completely grasp it because I think it means different things in different contexts. We use it and I use it to kind of cover a lot. <laughs> but actually, in, in making the score, I decided to kind of go to the etymology of the word in different languages to kind of widen a bit, like what, where does the word come from and what can it mean? In English, you can trace it back to old French, communauté, or in Latin, you know, communitas. Uh, so community, understanding it as kind of, or meaning public spirit, coming from communis, which means common or ordinary, or of or for the community, public. But then if we go to uh, Norwegian and and going back to kind of Old Norse um, or Icelandic, uh, where it's still used today, um, community, I think the, the closest is to use the word samfelag, which kind of is two words put together, sam and felag. Uh, and sam means kind of co, fellow, collective. 
which comes from the Old Norse fe, which is livestock. Um, and lag, which comes from, you know, meaning companionship, fellowship, living or cohabitation. But then going to Zulu, uh, the word is umpakati, where the root of the word is kati, which actually refers to space and time. And then there is, of course, a kind of a tracing back to, to the history of the word. But today you could say that um plus pakati means the insiders or the inside, which means referring to space that people come together to or inhabit together. To me, community also points a bit at um, working with specific groups yeah. and maybe they're not necessarily a community. Is community work a vital part of your artistic practice? In a way, yes. But I think where it comes from in my artistic work, it doesn't start from the idea of working with a community and then forming a project. I think very often it, it comes from um, a certain questioning, which starts with maybe a, a thematics or something that uh, kind of a societal uh, question or uh, just an art artistic urgency. And then the way the project starts to carve itself a path in many cases has led me to deal with with communities or, or different groups of people outside of the arts field. But for me, I think very often it starts from an artistic place or from a question. Yeah. Who did you work with for your solo? I wanted to work with young men and I worked with young men in the age of let's say between 16 and 21 who live in Grorudalen the east side of Oslo and who takes an education or goes to high schools of construction and building or as mm. we say in Norwegian big anleg mm. the fact that this group of young men is is a kind of a group that is um hard to get in contact with actually if you're kind of not meeting them in the school situation because for many of these men everyday life is about going to school hanging out together but actually also to look for jobs um, and, and to, to make money basically because uh, many of these students come from families where which are kind of more low income families mm. and um, and yeah it's it's not a group that you easily meet in the theater. And how did you develop your project with your, I, I will just call them your community now, these young men? Yeah, so I developed it in kind of a two different phases. One phase, I combined how to score this project with another project called How. I thought the only way where it also would make sense, I think, for others than the art project to involve them would be to offer them a job. So not to ask for their time to give something to an artistic research, but actually how can this project also give something back? Mm. So basically offering as a paid summer job, which uh, is what these guys very often look for, mm. and inviting them into something we call an art building project, starting from something that we know that they are already interested in, to use the building as a framework to to open up other questions. So using the building to kind of start, what if we're not building a house or a floor or something we know what is? What if we take this into a more open-ended building? And inside of that, we can start to talk about 
What is art? What can art do? What is the future? What kind of future do you envision? How can we imagine another future? Because these guys are also the ones that are literally building our future in the cities. They are building the buildings. But at the same time, they're also the people that are actually not defining how the city is going to look like. What can it be to have another voice in the cities that you are building? The first phase was basically building structures together, um, but through that also doing physical somatic practices from the score. And then the second phase, we did a collaboration with a program in the university called Co-Futures and with Interkulturelt Museum, where we went into aspects of the score that is dealing more with ritual and imagination, kind of opening a space where we could actually imagine together, asking how can we host others and create spaces for meeting between very different people that can start to imagine something together with these guys. So that was the two phases we we worked with. And it made me also clearly think about how carving space for imagination is also connected to privilege. So if your time is constantly filled up with education, figuring out how to provide for yourself or your family or your parents or your sisters and brothers, there is actually no time. Julie Nioche is a choreographer and dancer based in Nantes in France. Based on her dance work, she has created an association with a team of teacher researchers, community leaders and active practitioners. Julie emphasizes outreach and inclusiveness in her projects and brings them into different environments so that they can take different forms and be seen by as many kinds of audiences as possible. Julie works in the theatre field and adapts also to other spaces, especially connected to societal spaces. Bringing the arts into different communities and parts of the society is an integral part of France's cultural politics, where artists are funded and brought into the institution on different levels as a tool to stimulate the public's critical thinking. And this is what Julie said about this in our interview. For me, the work with dance in social field is something that I'm doing since more than 20 years now. And in France, we have quite a lot of history with this, where dance especially try to infiltrate, let's say, uh, other field. In the history, I think it's a way for them to, to bring arts in every part of the society and also to use the culture as, as a way to open the mind not being uh, too naive and open the mind to be able to continue to learn things. Art is a kind of starting point to open many doors. More and more, it becomes also a work where to bring people to the theater. Jonas, uh, you have seen the performance Spirals. Can you tell us about it? Spirals is a solo about the stories of school children that Julie met in her project. The project emerged from her meeting with a teacher who works with children with autism. She worked with these children with dance and movement, using this as a tool for nonverbal 
communication and making connections. She also contacted schools in a suburb where the prominent part of the children are from families where French is not the first language. Also here she used movement and nonverbal strategies to connect with the children. This lack of verbal communication or speechlessness was an important aspect of the process. How do you express yourself without words and yeah, etc.? And Julie tells us in her interview that she focuses on connection and a child's instinctive search for a connection with others. How a child wants to be related or linked with the other. The project is about empathy and caregiving. And in the solo, she primarily moves in spirals and she uses a French knitting technique called tricotage very actively as the audience has to participate in a way. Tommy Noonan is an American dancer and choreographer who co-directs the organization Culture Mill, a performing arts laboratory in North Carolina. Noonan's solo is called Assembly and stems from one of Noonan's previous projects, Eclipse, where he brought together a group of multidisciplinary artists activists and restorative justice specialists, which is something he will explain a little later. In these meetings, he investigated how one could build something new together in a society where colonial history still shapes people's lives. We asked Tommy about his artistic practice connected to the term community. So I work together in an association in North Carolina called Culture Mill with my partner, Muriel Elysion, and we each do our own projects. And, in, and what we're always doing in our projects is finding a way to open some part of them to our neighbors, the people that live directly around us, um, and to make an entrance door somehow for people to be involved, either in the process itself or in the setting of a performance or a work. It really means it's, again, an investment in relationship and considering ways in which people can feel involved or a part of whatever we're doing, you know, in one way or another. And so I could get more specific on that, but that's the general like perspective. How did you develop your project for how to score where I live in the countryside in the American South, it's quite contentious and quite uh, a lot of clashing between sort of right wing and left wing political tendencies. And I live right on the border of a lot of those clashes and have been involved in a lot of protest movements and also just um, work within different populations around issues of dismantling white supremacy and the uh, legacy of slavery in the American South and white supremacy. And it's very much a part of where we are. And so doing that work within the context of a number of um, artists and activists who come from different backgrounds, who are uh, white, black and brown, queer, um, cisgendered, different folks, there was a big question for me of how do I situate myself especially as a like white cisgendered American man full of all those privileges, like in that work and in that community. At the same time, Mia's proposition of how to uh, score sort of was a way to frame that question for me. 
the proposition of how to for me was how to um, how to situate myself within my community, actually. And I think that ultimately um, it came to a point where I needed to situate myself not as an expert, but as a learner, a person that was learning in many ways from my community. And so my approach to how to a score is an approach of of learning. And that's what I do in sort of every situation or iteration, I think, that I do it. It's there's a learning process that turns into the performance. In this sort of context in which I'm working, uh, one of one of my collaborators and the collaborators of, of myself and Muriel is a practitioner of restorative justice. Her name is Val Hansen. Restorative justice is it's actually a way to uh, address harm within a community that centers the needs of the person who has been harmed. Um, that's what it is, generally speaking. What uh, we have been doing is working with these people who have circle practices where people sit in circles and um, there are different practices of, of just going around the circle in sequence, um, allowing each person to sort of put their story or their perspective into the space. Um, there's one particular practice within these restorative justice practices that I learned from Val, which is about um, assembling objects in a space and the community assembles objects and it is not finished until the community itself finishes every single person. It's kind of a simple game, but it's also an exercise in distributive power. And it's actually a way in which people practice with their bodies um, uh, having a, a distributive power in a space. And one person can disrupt this and, and make sure that the game doesn't end. Um, so everyone has to find a way together. And so this practice was part of my community practice uh, in North Carolina, and it's kind of adapted and continued and is continuing into assembly. You already started talking about it actually now, but can you tell more about your project assembly in connection with the whole how to score? When I was reading the score that Mia developed, I felt that there's an implication as there often is when we as artists go to a place, right? There, there, we're in a position of, of bringing some sort of expertise to a place and either we're teaching a workshop or we're doing our performances or we are like um, somehow coming to a community and we're placed in the role of we have some sort of knowledge or experience to give. And that did not fit with my own personal explorations of what actually is is interesting and needed for me in my community. Like, as I mentioned, I think it's much more, I'm in a place of, of wanting to, wanting to learn the, the frame of assembly with how to became, became that became a score to not know how to not know something, how to be in a sort of a gap space. Somatically, it's actually interesting, even for me, when there's a place that my body doesn't know, there's like a trembling. So there's like a, how to be in this trembling space somatically. And also just concretely, there's a lot about um, learning what I can learn about the people and the political and social situations of any place that I'm in. So when I come to Oslo, actually, I will have a lot of questions about Black Box and about the city and about different populations around. I think it has to be acknowledged that there's no, that I will always be a stranger to the place and to the situation there. And that's part of it. And I think, you know, I will actually do 
whatever research I can from my point of view before traveling there. And then when I'm there for, I think, two weeks or so before the shows, I will talk to uh, different people and I'll just sort of follow a sort of a derive of like research, sort of following where where I'm led by what different people are saying and um, who else I should speak to and everything and sort of build, build it that way intuitively. But yeah, it, it will be whatever it will be with the time I have. And I think it needs to be acknowledged that I will always be a stranger and the information I have will be always incomplete. In part two of this episode about how to score, we will meet the three other artists who have created and will show their solos at Dansens Hus. Thank you, Elin. Thank you, Jonas. Ciao. Ciao.